Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey folks, before we get into today's program, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about one of our sponsors, DocSites. DocSites provides affordable and effective websites for dentists with no long-term contracts, transparent pricing, and great customer service starting at only $59 per month. They also provide optional online marketing packages to help you increase your online visibility. For special offers, including up to 25% off of your website setup, text PODCAST to 818-489-9823. Again, that's 818-489-9823. Now, this is a limited time offer, so text now and lock in your savings. Or you can visit DocSites.com forward slash TBOD for more information. Hey there, folks. This is Dr. Christopher Huffpower, and I am coming to you live from my home studio here in Alvin, Texas. We had a couple of little issues earlier on, and we're going to uh, restart this stream now. Uh, so let me start off by saying welcome to the podcast, uh, Scott Luna. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's been a little while since we've uh, connected, so I'm excited to do this. It has been. I, I you, uh, you brought us uh, to a, a neat little restaurant over there whenever we went and visited you last time. It was a, a great, fun visit. Uh, so, folks, today we're going we're gonna to talk to Scott about his path to success. For those of you who don't know Scott Luna, I know you've heard of Breakaway Seminars. Uh, Breakaway Practice Seminars uh, were amazing in shaping the way that I ran my practice and, and hundreds of other dentists that I know personally who went to them and found great value in it. Now, Scott, I have to tell you uh, that I've already told you this before, but I'm going to come out publicly and say it. I'm a bit of a fanboy. I followed you whenever I was uh, in dental school and uh, I was I was reading all these horrible comments people were saying and saying you were lying and this and that and the other about how well your practice was producing. Because, of course, older dentists didn't have systemization of their practices, and they didn't realize just how profitable dentist practice could be. It was still practicing ethical, good dentistry. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about your path from your beginning as a dental student all the way to where you are now. Uh, so if you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself as if you need introduction. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, Scott Loomis. I graduated from dental school in 2005. Um, I did not practice very long as a dentist uh, because I suffered a back injury that actually broke my back in four different places. And that caused me to have to be in and out of a wheelchair for the first 11 years of my career. And uh, since, you know, since then, I've had back surgery, a lot of, you know, kind of risky surgery five or six years ago, and I'm good now. Uh, but that early kind of moment of breaking my back caused me to have to pivot my career into the business side of dentistry more so than the clinical side of dentistry. And uh, down that path, I've gotten to experience building and selling practices multiple times over. I've started other companies like marketing companies and IT and call center companies and buying groups. And, and today, um, what has what my all of my kind of uh, entrepreneurial ventures have culminated into an organization that helps over 20,000 dentists a year manage aspects of their practice. And what I do um, day to day is I teach people 
all of those incredibly important lessons I learned on how to make practices incredibly successful. And I teach them through seminars. And I also coach personally, one-on-one, a small group of highly entrepreneurial dentists. Well, I, th- I think that's a really good, great place to start. Let's talk about your first practice, getting out, the numbers you were hitting, uh, the successes you were having there that a lot of people in the dental world at the time uh, just thought you were, you were just full of it. You know, I, I, I remember those horrible, horrible attacks, but you, you, you came out in the end and it was you know, proof in the pudding. So talk to us yeah. about that first practice. Yeah, that first practice, I mean, I, I opened it from scratch right out of school. We were seeing 350 to 400 new patients every month. And very difficult to do that because at that volume, I mean, everything breaks. How you answer the phones break, how you present finances, how you deal with insurance, how you schedule. I mean, that kind of volume caused us very early on to be, uh, you know, I guess looking back, I could say to be innovative in finding better ways to do things. So we were still giving those new patient adults 90 minute appointments uh, when they came in for the first time. And by month six, I had an associate dentist because I'd already broken my back. By month 12, I had had, I had three associate dentists. By year three or four, we had had, had three locations, seeing 700 new patients a month, doing about eight or nine million. And uh, I sold those three practices um, early on in 2009, I believe. Uh, but those first three or four years of my career were incredibly challenging. I'm, I'm, I'm in this race car of a business model, trying to hold on, trying to figure out how to drive at the same time it's going 100 miles an hour. And uh, it was a great early um, kind of innovative phase of my career to give me just enough information to try something bigger, but not enough information to be successful at something bigger. So the second phase of my career happened because of the first. And it's in the second phase that I got a lot of failures and I started understanding the truths behind um, the business side of dentistry. Not, Not just the big business side, but down to the nitty gritty of like, what should you say on the phone? What should your payment options be? How do you get more case acceptance or reappointment? Or how do you get hygienists to produce 2,600 a day? You know, those types of things I learned in the second phase of my career. Yeah, it, it always makes me laugh. Every time you tell this story, you, you gloss over all the hard work to get to 400 patients per month. A lot of <laughs> dentists would call that success just right there. Uh, I, if, if I remember correctly, one of the earliest things I ever read that you wrote Uh, the phrase popped out at me, I like to serve the underserved PPO market. And everyone just kind of laughed at that. I don't think they understood what you meant by that. Can you can you elucidate that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, 2005 is different than 2022. Right. right? But in 2005, we were at the height of the dental economy. So dentists have never made more money per year, take-home pay, than they did in 2005. That's when we had extreme makeover hitting. We had care credit going. We had, you know, the uh, all these institutes teaching us how to do, you know, full mouth cases. And the PPO mom with middle income, or you could say kind of the upper blue collar tier, or the lower white collar till that middle class was really underserved at the time when it came to uh, patient experience and financial options. And so looking back, we were one of the first practices 
that combined this formula that said, we are going to have an amazing patient experience that you would expect in a high-end office, but cater it to the lower market of PPO patients. And we are going to market incredibly well to attract those people and then retain them. And this is something that was all theoretical in my mind because I just graduated dental school. I mean, I barely knew how to cut a crown, but I had studied business a lot on my own leading up to that point. And I just felt like there was this gap at the time. And I was right. Um, and that, that's part luck, part timing, part hard work. Uh, but I was right. And darn it, that really hurt because then what? Then what do you do with 400 new patients a month? then you got to be right at a whole lot of other things too. And that's how my career started from so, a wheelchair. <laughs> so from those, from those first years, um, you know, there, there's an old saying, what was old will be new again. Right. Um, what, what lessons did you take from that, that you carried into some of these more difficult times, like during COVID, I imagine with the amount of machinery that you have under your control, you saw a lot of pain points in a lot of different places uh, throughout the market, both from the practitioner side and from the supply side. But um, what, what are some of the lessons that you've learned through that time? Because I, I think we're going to be back at 2005 at some point here, but I don't think it's going to be for another five, maybe even 10 years. Well, I can tell you that I accidentally took home over a million dollars take-home pay my second year being a part-time dentist. There's a lot that I learned from that. And I mean, I mean the lessons, I, I don't like, even- Like use dividends instead of taking it home as pay for one thing. I mean, just right there, I can only imagine how much money you, you lost to the IRS. Wow, well, yes, of course. Uh, but I, I can tell you that like you ask about lessons. Uh, in general, the higher your volume, the more pressure, the more you test your systems. And so the weakest systems tend to break when you increase the volume a little bit. And um, so that's one lesson I learned, like when I understood how to handle the phones in a, in a strong way or present finances as a strong way, then suddenly having 40 patients or 400 patients didn't break anything. So I, I started learning a lot of nitty gritty operational lessons, how to do things day to day in the practice. But I also found myself in that early phase of my career um, in trouble. I found myself trying to win the wrong game is what I call it. We never want to get good at winning the wrong game. That is where we work really hard and we go faster and faster and we hold on tighter and we white knuckle success. And then we stick our head up and then suddenly realize, wait, we're not happy. What, what are we doing? Like, you know, we're working really hard for what? And I got really good at winning the wrong game. I think that a lot of us dentists, unfortunately, I think we went to dental school thinking dentistry was going to provide the fuel we needed to live the life we want, yet a whole lot of us instead made dentistry our life. And so early on, I realized that I was doing that. And that was another whole series of lessons I learned. I also realized that um, just growing doesn't necessarily mean we make more money. Um, I've lost millions of dollars having a huge organization. Uh, I've lost money make, having a big practice. I've made a ton of take-home pay having a small organization. And so I also learned early on that there's a couple paths that are pretty predictable to take home a million dollars, uh, take-home pay as a dentist. 
Um, one, one path involves you doing most of the dentistry. One path involves you building a virtual practice inside of your organization. And one path involves you not picking up the handpiece at all. And not until I understood the boundaries of those paths did I then know how to move forward in an efficient way. Before then, I kind of just worked and I blended things together. And sometimes it wasn't the right way to make money. I was just busy without making a lot of money. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And we're going to get to those three paths in a couple of seconds. And then I really want to dive deep into what you guys teach and this wonderful deal that you're offering our members and what they can learn from that. And, you know, a little bit more about that, um, that summit, but first you mentioned playing games and, um, and playing the wrong game. There's a, a game called Conway soldiers. Um, it was in, invented in 1961 and mathematicians have struggled to solve it, uh, for years. And what it is, is basically it's a checkers jumping game. The object is to get beyond four levels, and no one has been able to solve it without breaking the rules of the game and changing the game itself. It seems that to me, um, from an outside view watching you in your career, you're actually at a third level in your career now because you built a service organization. That service organization merged with something much larger, and now you've gone beyond where you could have built from the ground up which is the way that you actually win Conway soldiers is you, you flip the game, you build from the, from the top down. And so it seems to me that you discovered at some point that you had to change the rules of the game to make the game a game that you wanted to win and that you wanted to play. Yeah. You know, no one's ever um, seen what I've done in that light. That's how I see it. So, uh, you know, in the beginning, I was a dentist trying to make dentistry work with my hands and in my one or two locations. Then I became an owner of these assets we call dental practices, where I'm having to kind of have success in lots of locations without my hands doing it. That's kind of a second phase. Then I became a provider of support to other owners. So now I'm a business to business model where, where not only, you know, do I have to create success in locations without my hands, but now I'm having to create success in locations where without my control, right? And then I recognize that there's some backwards parts of dentistry that we've all accepted. And we are in the middle of completely disrupting and turning inside out certain aspects of dentistry that from the outside looking in is a whole crazy new way of solving a problem. But to us, it's the right way that no one ever saw because of how, of the, because of the lenses they were looking through, kind of like what Uber did to taxi, right? So now that's the phase I'm in. Um, and it's interesting to, to look at that as different levels. Uh, I've had to reinvent who I personally am every time I reach kind of a new level in my career. Um, you know, which is, which is a very challenging, challenging, humbling thing, actually. Well, I imagine. So we talked about three models and three paths forward, cover those really quickly. And then I'd really like to spend some time on what you guys teach and some of the other services that you guys have branched out into. I mean, now you guys do equipment manufacturer, you, you do SAS, uh, you know, there, there's a whole lot going on there. Um, yeah. In fact, I think you guys even offer a uh, platform as a surface now too. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start with, uh, I, I briefly mentioned this con the concept of these business models that 
can help an owner take home a million dollars, take home pay every year at least, which by the way, uh, the people I coach personally, almost all of them take home a minimum of a million dollars take home pay every year. Some of them are above two. So um, one business model has you doing all the dentistry. And that is kind of the typical, I'm a dentist, I own my practice, I'm the only dentist in my location, how do I take home a million dollars? That sounds like a really big thing to tackle, but what's important is understanding it from a very simplistic level first. So how do you take home a million? If you manage your overhead in a normal, healthy way, you're collecting two million. And if you're collecting two million, you are likely producing about nine grand a day, all right? And if you're producing nine grand a day, a third needs to come from hygiene. And so there's one big thing. How do I get three grand a day coming from hygiene? And there's a list of, of, of uh, ways that you do that. That means that six grand has to come from the doctor. Right, and, well, the and easiest way I know- there, The three grand is per hygienist, guys. No, well, okay, so our hygienists do 2,600 right. a day on average, but you only need three to hit this number I'm hitting. So um, that is why almost every single person I coach hits it because it's not, it's not crazy hard to get to it. It's just, we've been so busy doing things that don't necessarily put us on that path, you see? So, I, so what, what's important is getting really busy at doing the things that actually put you on the path to take home a million. Right. So I need three from hygiene every day. And that's probably one to one and a half hygienists. And then I need six from the doctor. And how do I get from the owner doctor? How do I get six from the owner doctor? The easiest way is to get a lazy day of 2000 a day and, and be able to land one $4,000 case a day. And how do we get one $4,000 case? That involves understanding how to market for that particular case and Amen. how many types of those cases can the doctor do? And so obviously, the better we market, the more types of those cases they can do, the easier it is to land one a day. And now if I'm the dentist doing two grand a day in production, my own two hands, which is easy, and then I land one $4,000 case, which says ortho, that's easy. And then I've got hygiene doing three grand a day, which is one or one and a half hygienists. That's easy. Suddenly my $2 million collection practice taking home a million every year from the outside looking in looks easy. And our startups on average do 1.9 million by year three, where the doctors are almost at a million dollar take home pay. That's our average. So this model we call the breakaway model starts with the startup getting to that point then it gets an existing practice to that point and then we grow from there and that is the first way to take home a million is to build this kind of simple practice that is highly profitable in very specific ways and that's that's the common way people when they come to our courses learn how to take home a million or what they go do that's that's model one right Model two is what I accidentally did in the beginning and until I recognized what it was. And then we went and taught it and repeated it. And excuse me, um, that is building a virtual practice. So um, Matt, so what I did, I had three associates at one point and I practiced dentistry one day a week. My three associates without my dentistry, with just their dentistry, were able to pay all the bills of the practice and have profit left over for me. 
So without working, I made a little bit of money, but now add my one day a week. And it happened to be in my situation, ortho. I did about 1.1 million in ortho working one day a week, 1.1 million in ortho starts. And because all my bills were paid for by my associate's dentistry and had some profit left over, my ortho practice had practically 0% overhead. And so when I did 1.1 million, I took home nearly all of that on top of the profit from the associate's dentistry. And now, you know, I can take home a million dollars take home pay doing ortho, doing very little ortho compared to what an orthodontist has to do to take home a million dollars take home pay when they're paying for an entire practice, entire marketing plan, entire team. All of that got paid for by my associate's dentistry. That's a model that we help a lot of periodontists get into, where they own multiple practices with associates. And they run a very part-time perio practice, taking home over a million dollars take-home pay. And they're not handcuffed to a recall schedule. They can take off whenever they want. And, and so that is kind of the second path. And if we understand that that's our vision, then our decisions become very focused and clean to get us there. We're not distracted sometimes uh, and by I, the loud say, stuff that other dentists are distracted by. Does that make I sense? Would say, I would say intentional. Um, I, I, I've always found that those who are most intentional always win. Yeah, you know, it's difficult because as an entrepreneur, many of our brains are built to look at every shiny object and think in a positive way. They all represent more success we can have. And so we go and try to touch them all. And uh, the opposite of an entrepreneur's mindset might be an operator's mindset that wants very little change. They want to hit their incremental improvement every month, every quarter, every year. They want everything super stable and boring and the same. And where I found the most money to be made is a blend of the two, where we go chase a couple really shiny objects with the mindset of a very disciplined operator. And that is something that's been very difficult for me and for a lot of the people I coach to get good at uh, because it changed. We have to change how we think in order to do that. Sounds, sounds like there's a little bit of a Gerber in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and okay. So I also didn't, uh, I forgot to tell you the third way, the third way to take home a million bucks is to not be the person picking up any hand pieces, to own an organization that has a million dollars of EBITDA or cash flow or profit. And to do that, you need about five to six million in collections. And uh, you'll run maybe a 20% margin. And to get five to 6% million in collections, you probably need about six normal, regular, you know, associate dentists with hygiene to go along with that. We're not talking about anything good, super uh, productive or nothing like just normal, regular. You need about six. And you as an operator are having to operate across multiple locations with multiple dentists. And there's going to be regular turnover of staff, including dentists. And you need to have a way of managing that to the point where you predictably every year take home a million bucks off of having six associates. That's a whole nother set of skill of business skills and know-how 
But what's interesting with these three ways of doing it is the first way is kind of where you can start. And once you take home a million the first way, you can transition to the second way as you pull your time out and add associates. And now you're taking home a million with a virtual practice. And then you transition to taking your time completely out and not practicing at all if that's what you want and having all associates. And now you're still taking home a million. But what you've done over time is you've increased the size of your organization and probably the valuation and you've decreased your time. And you as a, as a CEO have had to change. You've had to change from being the actual only operator to the one that, that does not do any industry and has to scale themselves across multiple locations. Hey guys, this is Doc Huffpower, founder of the Business of Dentistry and host of the Dear Doc podcast. Today, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about one of our sponsors. 4G Dental Labs has been a sponsor of the Business of Dentistry for over two years now. They're a family-owned business located here in Houston, Texas. They're fast, they're reliable, but best of all, they provide affordable quality. They're just plain, honest, good people. For our TVOD members, for your first 20 crowns, every fifth one will be free. Contact 4G Dental Labs at 833-682-8901. Again, that's 833-682-8901. Or you can mail or even just stop by. Jeff Guidi, the owner, would be glad to see you. Well, let's talk a little bit about what your courses are, what you can teach people, and what this specific course is most focused on. Sure. Now, I'll tell you that a couple things to know about me and when I teach. Um, I'm a big believer that we need to engineer the life we want. And whatever time is left over, we give to our career. And inside that box of time left over, whatever leftovers we got, inside of that career box, we make the most money possible doing good, right? That's my philosophy. And I believe that when we, we follow that philosophy, most of us will find incredible success and incredible happiness, and we will help a lot of people. Now, how do we do really well inside of this little box of leftover time in our career? That is knowing innovative ways to do things in the most simple way possible. Like how, what's the right way to do everything down to what should the form, what should the treatment plan form look like, right? So there might be a hundred different things we got to know and learn on the business side of operating a practice. And knowing it isn't enough. We all know how to be healthy. We all know we got to work out and eat, right? That doesn't mean we're actually doing it. So I can teach someone the hundred different things they need to know about operating a practice, but then there's another kind of step to that that says, we are going to commit to it and maybe even hire people to keep us accountable, like, like hiring a personal trainer to make sure we work out. That is, to me, the formula that gets most of us um, out of our own way and achieve success in the in the, in the shortest distance possible. So when you look at the courses we offer, they're intense. They're two days, 400 pages of content, a hundred different things that we teach. It's not this typical BS dental course where you learn two or three things and you wonder why it took two days to do so. And you got a 
hug each other and do jumping jacks to stay awake. That's not at all what I'm talking about. It's also not motivational speaking. I am not a motivational speaker. I it's like drinking from a fire hose. I, I was content. I was going to say that if you didn't, uh, it, that was my experience. I've, I've been to what three of your courses now, I think. And um, every single time I walked away, I actually went to one of them twice, I believe. Every time I walked away with something I had not seen the previous time. I mean, you give people a, what is it, a four inch binder now? Yeah, it's pretty big. And every, you know, every course has a different binder. It's a lot of stuff, but you know, that's just a testament to a lot of the pain and success and mistakes that I've lived through. You know, one of my, you know, we all have little talents and superpowers, right? One of mine is to understand the lessons in my experiences in a way that I can teach it to other people. And I've been uh, fortunate enough to have been connected to so many different practices in so many different ways, you know, whether I've owned them myself, which there's been a lot, or all the way down to like the 20,000 we're connected to now that we have data from. You know, we'll answer, we'll, we'll listen to more phone calls in one month than someone will ever get in 10 years. And we will, we know the exact words to even say to get more patients to schedule. It's that kind of thing that I happen to be good at. So our courses are just full of that. So it's an experience where you better get a good night's sleep and you better come ready to write notes and listen and you will not fall asleep. I've never had anyone uh, fall asleep. And by the end of it, by the end of sitting, you know, sitting for two days, you'll be exhausted. Although you're just sitting there, you'll be exhausted, but you'll be, you'll be excited. I, I was going to say I was exhausted, but I was, I was really excited. I, I'll tell you, one of the things that I did immediately um, is I went around to all the high-end hotels in the area. And one of the things you talk about is the scents that high-end places use. And I actually bought the scent from the Emma to use in my own practice. And it made an immediate change. Every patient, whenever you do something that's small and every single patient that walks in mentions it, you've got, yep. you've got something golden there, right? You, you know, so they all mention this smell. They're like, oh, wow, what is that? What is that new fragrance you guys have in here? It's so amazing. And they were just so happy about it. It was crazy the difference it made in patients who were like, ah, I hate going to the dentist, you know? Yeah. So if you think about patient experience, that's one small topic that we address. Patient experience is made up of dozens of things and not any of those individual things alone is a big deal. Right. But when you add 20 cool things together, it creates an amazing experience. Now, when we look at growth of a practice, patient experience is not part of that. It is just the foundation of what we provide everyone. But when we look at growth, growth comes from doing things that increase patient flow, mm -hmm. doing things that, in, that increase diagnosis and doing things that increase case acceptance. And our patient experience makes it easier for us to grow patient flow, diagnosis Absolutely. and case acceptance. And of course, when we grow all those things, they don't help us at all if we don't understand how to fit them in our schedule. So we have to have room for that. And if we run out of room, then we have to have a strategy to deal with capacity of either expansion or of increasing profitability per patient. So, you know, this is a very complicated thing, but not one single thing in this complex formula is hard to understand. It's just a hundred different things that we have to learn and they're all easy to learn. It's just, if we don't learn them, if we don't understand how they connect, 
then we get caught just spinning our wheels, just being busy every day, running around, feeling burnout, never making more money, never feeling like, you know, almost feeling like, like a victim to dentistry sometimes. Absolutely. A victim to our prices going up, a victim to hygiene is now getting paid crazy amounts, or I can't find or retain staff, or my supply costs went up. Like all of those things are from a victim's mentality. And it's because they don't have control over the knobs that make them successful. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the funny thing is, is you said none of these are hard to understand. They're not hard to implement either. You just have to be systematic about it and you have to be held accountable to doing it. You know? Yeah. So one of the first things we teach is how to implement something. Uh, because when you understand the um, kind of the, the, the secrets or the components of implementation, you'll immediately see why you haven't been implementing things in the past. You have to understand how to glue something under your practice before you then understand all the things you want to glue to it. Uh, so, you know, we teach how to glue into your practice on the business side, how to implement. Um, very important, very important, uh, not just business skill, but life skill to have is to how to make sure change sticks. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there because that is actually something I wanted to bring up. Um, Going to your seminars actually helped me in my personal life, which took me by surprise. You know, I, you know, as we were going through all these things, I'm like, okay, check, I'm doing that, check, I'm doing that, check, I'm doing that. Um, but one of the things that you do talk about, or at least you, you did in the, the, the seminars I went to, is making that time for yourself. And um, I think that's, it, it's so important because we all know it. We always want this work-life balance. I, I, I would go so far as to say we want a life-work balance. I mean, we've been putting those in the wrong order. Yeah, you know, um, maybe my brain is weird, but when I look at success, it comes mostly from things we do. And things we do are easy to put on a sheet of paper. I need to do this. I need to do that. And what enables us to do them is assigning time to it. So for me, a big way that I achieve and maintain success is merely assigning or scheduling success. I schedule success. What, 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 what does it take to have a successful relationship with my kids? I got five kids. What does it take? It takes playing with them every day for an hour. It doesn't take taking, a, you know, taking them to Disney World once a year. It doesn't do it. So what do I do? I schedule to play with them every hour, which means I quit working every day at three. I pick them up from school and I got an hour with them right after school. And I know that's a weird example, but you know, my entire life, I try at least in my entire life to schedule everything important, including in my company. So when you look at what's important in a company, it's a, a, it's a pile of blocks that take up time. I got the block of having a meeting. I got a block of auditing this, a block of implementing that. And all of those blocks have to be done for me to be successful. So I therefore need to insert those blocks into my schedule. And I will make way more money doing something as a CEO in my company for 30 minutes than I will cutting yet another damn tooth. So we can look at life and business in through this lens of, hey, we just need the right habits every day, every week, every month, and we better schedule it in our schedule. Otherwise, we'll probably never do it. And like, for example, I've got two date nights a week. 
mandatory. My wife wants to stay married with me. She is going to go out with me two, two nights a week. We're going to get dressed up. We're going to be romantic and sexy and do something fun. And that's what it takes to be married to me. But you know what? I also go out once a week with my friends. If I don't, I slowly erode away my relationships, right? That I, I work out every day for 30 minutes and I hate it. That's why I'm a personal trainer. I um, have meals pre-made because otherwise I will eat donuts and everything else I shouldn't eat. And everything is scheduled when it can be. And that's how I'm able to achieve it. And when that happens, I look back and I really don't work that much. Even as a dentist, I didn't work that much. I mean, I just told you I took home a million bucks working one day a week. I, I don't work that much because it doesn't take that much time to do the right thing. The problem is we get blinded and distracted by all the loud stuff that isn't important. And it prevents us from doing the silent things that are incredibly important. Um, and we all have that in our life. Like a, like a common thing is families don't have an estate plan or will set up. Okay. It doesn't take very much time to do it. It's not very difficult, but because everything else in life is so loud, they just never get to it or they just never get to working out right. They just never get to setting up their retirement plan. They all, always want it, right? That's how life works. Most of the most important things are silent. So we have to be very deliberate and thoughtful about inserting the silent things into our schedule so that we end up playing the right game. You know, I, I read somewhere and I, I like to attribute everything that I read that I took away. And unfortunately, I can't in this instance. I don't remember where it was. Um, it was the phrase riding their hobby horse. And, and what it meant was people like to find something that they would rather do than the hard things that are unpleasant in their life. And so that's why they never get around to it. They'll spend time wasting time doing the thing that they could easily have done, but they'll take more time there to give themselves an out, to give themselves an excuse not to do the things that they know they need to get accomplished, but just don't want to tackle. Yeah, you know, I'll, 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 be, I'll give you a little more rough version of that. I think people either want to stop pain or get high. <laughs> so when you okay. look at that's, things to do, fair. they're going to do things that are, it, it's loud, it's hurting in their mind. Oh my God, I got I to take this annoying. I don't like this. They're going to do that, even if it's not important. Or they want to get high. They're going to do something that gives them a high of some sort. And unfortunately, a lot of life's successes aren't hurting you. They're not causing you pain if you don't do them. And they don't make you super high the minute you do them, like saving a little bit of money every month. You know, it's, you don't feel pain there and you don't get high when you do it. And so a whole lot of success, unfortunately, has to be created through deliberate actions. And that is why, by the way, I'm a big believer in coaching because coaches help create pain when you don't do those things. And coaches give you the high when you do. Good coaches. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let, let's assume I'm talking about good coaches. Yeah. So, so that's where, you know, uh, you know, if I don't go work out in the morning, I don't feel pain. And look, when I work out, I don't get hot. I don't like to do it. But if now that I have a coach, if I don't go work out, she causes me pain. And when I do, she gets me high. And to me, that is really kind of what we need. Lots of fantastic takeaways from this discussion. So, Hey guys, I can see you're out there watching this program. If you have any questions, this is probably one of your few chances to ask someone who's done everything that Scott has done. Any questions that you have. So go ahead and drop them in the comment sections below. 
Uh, for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast, uh, while we're waiting for anyone who does have any questions, who's brave enough to drop one, we're going to talk a little bit about what this what this Las Vegas uh, class is about and what all you guys are going to be teaching, uh, what the TBOD deal is. And, um, you know, I know you have people for that. So if you don't know what the deal is, I can tell them. Uh, talk just a little bit, Scott. Yeah, so um, once a year, my organization hosts a summit we call the Business Immersion Summit in Dentistry. And it is an incredibly cool experience compared to the typical convention experience we're all used to. Um, the next one we're doing is actually coming up in a couple of weeks. It's in Las Vegas at the Aria, September 23rd and 24th. If you go to summit.dentalwhale.com, you'll be able to read about it. There's like 45 or 50 different business breakout sessions for dentistry. There's gonna be somewhere between 500,000 people there. Uh, we have an amazing keynote speaker. It's a very cool, immersive experience onto the business side of dentistry. And it's not very expensive compared to a lot of the other things we do. I, I think it's That's under a thousand bucks, I think. Very um, And you, you get connected with, some of the top minds in practice management. Now that is different than what I've been talking about. I, you've asked me about my courses. My right. courses, you to, to learn about those, you go to breakawayseminar.com. And I teach my flagship, my business master's course. That's the one that I think every, every dentist and practice manager should go to. And we also teach a few other courses that are really cool as well, like, for example, on startups. But you can learn about that at breakawayseminar.com. But the one coming up in Vegas, I'm excited about. Every time we do it, it's just so fun and cool. And, um, you know, it's also cool to see a lot of the consultants that we dentists hire in the audience taking our courses. Yeah. Um, it's just a cool experience that where we're all because we we're very proud of being kind of innovative and straight to the point. And it's almost a testament to that when we see consultants coming to learn from us so that they can therefore then teach it to their their crew. Uh, so it's really cool. Absolutely. OK, so if somebody out there is um, really wanting to change their life and they are wanting to become a private coaching student. Is that still open? And how would they get that opportunity? Yeah. Um, I know, I'll be I know, transparent you, I know you, you don't. Yeah. yeah. So I, I coach privately about a dozen people and it it's not more because I, I just, I don't have the time and because my wife won't let me. <laughs> so I'm being very open and honest. Um, we do have slots come available every few months because I've been coaching people for a long time. And at some point, you know, they, they know plenty. They don't need me. They need something new. Right. So, um, you know, there's slots open from time to time. I did actually uh, get an email yesterday that one of our startup coaching clients has decided to buy a practice instead. And so we're going to have a coaching slot come available um, pretty soon. But so if, if someone wants to learn about it, unfortunately, I don't have some website you go to to read about it. it, it it's always kind of full and, and people learn about it through our seminars. But if you go to breakawayseminar.com and you can send us a message, if, if you really are interested in being one of my personal clients, it's not even that expensive. It, it, honestly, it, it's, it's, I think it's less than like three grand a month. I even fly to you. It's, it's crazy. It's stupid, affordable. Um, it's just something I do because I'm passionate about it and it's, it's what gets me high. 
uh, and it keeps me connected down to the solo office level, um, which is important for me. So um, you can just reach out to us. If we happen to have a slot available, we can talk to you about it. But I've never had someone hire me as a coach that has not been through our master's course training first. I don't think I would accept anyone. I need them to at least understand how we see the world and see dentistry before I'm going to coach them. Absolutely. Um, one of our members said, um, Scott, I just want you to know, I love the things that you share in the world of dentistry. You definitely know how to be successful and profitable without losing yourself to managing the business. Awesome. Thank you for saying that. It's nice every now and then to hear something positive coming from someone toward me. So thank you for saying that. Hey, I say nice things about you all the time. I know. I just want to talk to you every morning. You just wake up. I need a little doc. I'll, I'll be your inspirational coach. Start my day. <laughs> well, folks, um, thank you for joining us for this conversation. And uh, Scott, thank you for sharing this hour of your time because I, I know you block your schedule pretty, uh, pretty fiercely. So we really appreciate every time that we can get a chance to talk to you and, and share a little bit of your, your knowledge and your inspiration with our, our group here. Yeah. I, uh, and look, anytime you want to talk again, it's easy for me to block some time and do it for you guys. I really appreciate you doing this. And of course, I appreciate everything you're doing for dentists. You know, it takes a lot of work and effort to put stuff like this together for other people to benefit from. Um, and it's, it's part of giving back. And so not a lot of people do it and you are doing it. So you should be very um, proud of what you've done over the last few years. It's been cool to watch from my angle. Well, I appreciate it, my friend, and um, we'll talk again sometime soon. All right. Folks, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.